0: 93.7 Express FM.
1: Hello and welcome to this coronavirus special podcast on Express FM. In the next 45 minutes, we're going to be hearing from Councillor Gerald Vernon Jackson, the leader of Portsmouth City Council. We'll also be talking business with Hope McKellar, the business editor at Portsmouth News, and then a little bit later on, Tina Jacobs joins us from Victory Hans after she set up an additional needs supermarket in the last few days. And then also, we'll be talking to Keith Wilson from Naomi. and Jack's Place all about a new campaign that they are launching regarding getting active and then also Henry Deacon from Over the White Line and our local sport expert will be on to talk about local sport and the situation of that in the next 45 minutes or so. Of course as always if you have a question, have a query, have a worry or a concern that you want us to try and put to the experts you can email me. Robbie at expressfm.com is the place to send that email to and just to bring you up to date with where we stand so far this week now of course as of monday's public health england data hampshire had 171 positive cases of coronavirus 29 of which were in portsmouth and this week we've also learnt of an extra seven confirmed deaths at qa hospital bringing the total now to 15 in portsmouth all of those were aged between 78 and 93 and had underlying health conditions um, we're going to come now to our first guest, Councillor Gerald Vernon Jackson, the leader of Portsmouth City Council. Hi to you. Thanks for your time.
0: No problem at all.
1: So if you, if you could just bring us up to date, because um, a week in this situation at the moment is a, is a long time and a lot's happened since we last spoke. Um, bring us up to date with the, with the situation in terms of where Portsmouth City Council is standing.
0: Well, as, as you say, things are changing very, very fast. So government advice changes every day. So we're now in a position where effectively that people need to be at home as as absolutely much as possible. Um, on Sunday I went for a walk down the seafront um, and we're not doing that anymore. Um, we're staying at home um, as much as possible. I'm, uh, I'm doing all my meetings on video conferencing now. Um, I'm not going into the office at all. Um, so in terms of where people are, There's a group of people who are very vulnerable, um, who the government have written to because of their health conditions, Um, and the government uh, are hoping that the council will uh, be providing them with food and support, and we'll we'll try to do that. We're we're not quite sure what we're expected to do um, because the government have not told us, but um, we will work on that. We've had about three and a half thousand volunteers in the city volunteering and they're all being directed to the Hive, which operates out of the central library, so that we don't get lots of different groups of people trying to um, all do the same thing and tread on each other's toes. Things are are changing every day, so there are um, kids at school, but only about 5% of of the children um, who would normally go to school are in school so gradually the number of schools that are open will will gradually fall um, but each school will make that decision. Uh, social services seem to be um, coping reasonably well at the, at the moment but there is significant pressure. Um, QA again is working hard um, and, uh, but we haven't had as many people go downhill at QA as I had expected. Um, but they look after not just Portsmouth, but the whole of, uh, the whole of this end of Hampshire. So the whole of Southeast Hampshire, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, and we're having to think about doing, doing things differently. So for instance, my rubbish was collected today, um, and my recycling, and we're continuing to try to, to do that every single day, but the tip is shut, um, because that's what the government rules are, um, uh, All the restaurants, all the theatres, all the cinemas, all the sports centres are shut. Um, Even before the government shut the cafes um, doing takeaways, um, we got concerned about people on the front queuing in long queues um, and that that might make them more vulnerable. So we, we talked to all the people doing that and persuaded them that they should shut. Now even... Uh, even the swings are shut in in the parks, so the kids can't gather in groups.
1: Yeah, there's one uh, a, a couple of points I wanted to pick up on there. That that final one actually about the about the play parks. It's a, it's a strange one because play, uh, play You say play areas are closed, but yeah. the parks are, are open. How, yeah. Surely this is. I mean, I know a lot of this is yeah. is people having to having to contribute themselves, but how is this sort of being policed or, or being regulated?
0: In effect, as with everything, this is going to be self-policed. We will, there will be some people around, some community wardens, but we've got over 120 play areas in the city, and it's impossible to police them all. Yeah. Um, so, um, almost all of them have got um, fences around them to keep dogs out, because we won't, don't want dogs um, performing um, and then <laughs> kids stepping in it in play areas um, so um, those gates will be locked but there are areas where, where there's just open access, um, skate ramps and things like that and, and inevitably um, kids will go there but we're just trying to do everything we can to stop people gathering together. <laughs>
1: We're going to speak to someone, uh, to Tina Jacobs from Victory Hands, which is a community involvement organisation, a little bit later, and we're going to we're going to be talking about um, the additional needs supermarket, which they've sort of tried to la- tried to launch themselves, and and they're they're going to be pledging for volunteers. And you mentioned Hive as well, which of course is a, is a big group of, go- of volunteers. I know a lot of people out there at the moment are quite willing to help and they want yep. to they want to give their services but they're a little bit worried in terms of are they allowed to? Are they allowed to go out and, and, and help and whatnot? What's the sort of situation there?
0: So that's why we're directing everybody in Portsmouth who wants to volunteer to do it through one central organisation which is the Hive because then they can give advice to people about whether it's okay for them to go do stuff and what, what it's okay for them to do. So um, they pull together all the voluntary sector organizations in the city, Mm -hmm. uh, and they're primarily working with three of the largest, so they're working with the Salvation Army, um, Age UK, and Pompey in the Community, to be able to deliver food to people who need it, to be able to um, get prescriptions to people who need it, and offer the other help that people need day to day. But they're only doing it for people where there's an absolute need today, so Phoning up and saying, "Look, I'm worried. I'm going to run out of food in ten days." Um, they they won't they won't be there to help you until you've run out of food, because the the need is to make sure that we look after the most vulnerable.
1: Yeah, and I, I, you, you bring up the the food and the supermarkets, and of course the government of. A, a couple of days ago, we heard the government sort of reassuring people that um, that there there is more than enough food to go around, and that the, the the supermarkets can supply enough. Um, I know that I remember last week when we were going through the twelve point plan. You said that you were going to hopefully speak to supermarkets to yeah. sort of um, see locally where they're at. Has that happened?
0: So we've been in contact with them, and we're. We're working with them to try to make sure that um, when the hive do get a big demand for food, that we can go through them. The people we've had most success with is working with the the cash and carriers who particularly look after um, the catering industry because they've lost all their customers um, because the restaurants aren't open. So we've had significant success working with them to be able to bulk buy stuff um, but the supermarkets have got all their own systems in place. Um, they are they are doing much better in terms of rationing things than they have been. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I think people are now beginning to understand that the only way this works is if everybody gets a li- little, not just some people getting a lot. Yeah.
1: And in terms of school meals as well, I, I, that was another point that I know we mentioned yeah. last week. Is um, schools are now closed, of course. And is well, there? Well,
0: no, they're not. Schools aren't closed.
1: Well, to to a to a, lo- a, a, a large number of yeah, people, yeah. they are, and and a, a large number of students aren't yeah. able to go into school. Um, yeah. What are we what is what's the update in terms so, of free school meals?
0: So the government has produced a voucher system, um, which again they're asking councils to to run. Um, What they haven't, of course, told us is what you're meant to be able to get with the vouchers. So we're working with them, um, and hopefully by the end of the week there'll be a system set up so that we're able to provide uh, food for, um, it'll be food parcels for all the kids who would normally get free school meals
1: and i i noticed as well on your on your website um that you've added added information about sort of business rates um in yep. response to to coronavirus support announcements there what's the what's the sort of advice now to to um to a lot of set well the self-employed but also business owners of small and, and medium businesses in pompey at the moment so
0: so the government has set up this system where you get um money back from your business rates
1: mm-hmm.
0: um <clears throat> Unfortunately, of course, the, the the computer system that Portsmouth City Council runs and, and, and almost every other council runs, is a system based on people paying not being paid back. So the people who've written the computer systems are having to rewrite it to be able to 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 be able to do a refund system. Um, so follow the advice on the website to every to every business. Um, if you can be patient, be patient um, because we will get money back to you. We are working as hard as we possibly can, but the people doing rev- revenues and benefits are absolutely up to their ears, because this is the time of year when all the council tax bills have gone out, all the business rate bills have just gone out, uh, and all the bills for people renting properties are, are going out, and And yet the government are changing the rules and getting us to, to do refunds, and it's it's proving pretty difficult Particularly when we've got lots of staff who, who who have to self-isolate, and therefore we're we're really low on people, number of people being able to do
1: this. Well, I've spoken to a lot of a lot of sort of business owners and self-employed people that I know they're in a similar position and i know that they they sort of can't wait for their for their money as well and i suppose i completely appreciate it's a a bit of a stalemate but equally people i suppose they just need a meal
0: (laughs) we'll work as quickly as we possibly can the people who i'm most worried for are people who are self-employed
1: um
0: because government schemes to to be able to put people um who work for companies um uh, effectively on to paid leave where the government picks up 80% of their of their salary um, is it, a sen- very sensible move. But there's been nothing so far that I've seen that does the same to support people who are self-employed. Uh, and in this city, there are an awful lot of people who run their own businesses or who are self-employed. Um, and, and we really do need to make sure that they're looked after as well. Otherwise, um, lots of them are going to go broke.
1: Well, I, I already am. <laughs> I'm terrified. Um, I, I just finally, I want to come on to a, to a question we had from from Emily, who wanted to ask about parking in Portsmouth. She said, what's happening in, with par- parking in Portsmouth? The council is still selling visitor parking permits at post offices, but are ticket officers allowed outside? Surely that applies to ticket wardens as well.
0: Yep. Yeah. so um, from tomorrow, we're stopping the enforcement in the park, uh, residence car parking zones just because we haven't got enough people um, and uh, we need to move people to doing, uh, doing other things. We'll keep making sure that people aren't parking on double yellow lines, on corners because we need to get ambulances through uh, and emergency services and delivery vans. Um, but we we won't be enforcing the residents' car parking zones. We just don't have the people to do it, and people will get a refund on on, on any money they've given us um, uh, for for their parking permits. So um, that, that's that's going to be happening from tomorrow, as I understand it. Um, we're trying to concentrate people on doing the jobs that are most critical. So we we we're, we're continuing to do the weekly rubbish collection. Um, for everybody in the city, and we'll continue to do that as as much as possible. And we're diverting staff into that area to try to make sure that service carries on for as long as possible.
1: Of course, Portsmouth.gov.uk for the latest. Um, and Gerard, what we sort of expecting to? I, I know I know that you're in contact with the government, and this is an ever changing situation. But what should what should people of Portsmouth sort of look out for in the coming days, and the coming sort of weeks from from Portsmouth City Council specifically?
0: I think we'll we'll try to support people um, at home. I I have to say I'm I am impressed with what what people are doing. I had to go and collect a prescription um, for my partner yesterday, um, uh, and at the pharmacy there was one person in at a time, and people queued down the street, and they kept two metres apart from each of us in the queue, and it was a long it took a long time to do, um, but people behaved extremely responsibly. So I think people are getting the message um, uh, and, and every single person who does that, it, 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 re- it really, really helps. I don't know if the government are going to, going to feel that they need to impose even more restrictions on how we, we, we live our lives. The area that I think they mean, may need to do something in is in terms of food rationing. Um, it, if people aren't going to be self-sensible... And they're just going to try to keep buying masses and masses. Um, then I think the government may need to step in and, and and produce some rationing system because it's not right that some people are going to go hungry.
1: Well, we've seen we've seen huge queues, that's for sure, in the supermarkets in the last few days. I know Tesco and Fratton. There was a photo of of people queuing from from early in the morning. Um, listen, Gerald, we'll leave it for uh, there for now. Thank you so much for your, for your time again this evening. Cheers, then.
0: Express FM.
1: Going to talk business in Portsmouth and the effect that this is going to have on local businesses. And to, to speak about that, we've got Hope McKellar, the business editor at Portsmouth News. Hope, good evening to you hello hello thanks for your time this evening hope um can you first things first let's just bring ourselves up to date and sort of set the scene for the current state for for businesses in portsmouth we we've heard measures that are going to be taken by the government and whatnot but um from a sort of a in sort of summary what's the situation in portsmouth right now from what you know
2: so from what i know um pretty much all shops have shut um except shops that sell food um, restaurants have closed, um, with a lot of them now doing takeaway and delivery only. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of places have just completely stopped trading for a while.
1: And you mentioned we, we were speaking off air just then. You, you mentioned that you spend um, a lot of your time sort of to, writing and, and reporting on businesses that are starting up and new shops mm-hmm. that are opening and whatnot. And I suppose this is having a well. I, I imagine that there's absolutely zero at the moment that is going on in terms yeah. of businesses starting up.
2: That's it. There's literally nothing. Um, the only thing that people are doing is changing to online, and you know, online businesses are still going. But that's pretty much it, really.
1: The and, and is there is there much of that in sort of in Portsmouth in terms of sort of self-employed people starting up their own online businesses and stuff? From from what you know,
2: there are a lot of personal trainers and um, people people like that who can um, trade online, and they're doing online classes and online boot camps and stuff which um is great obviously um but people just don't have the money to invest in businesses at the moment so it's kind of a tough time to start even an online business
1: yeah and and take us take us back to sort of I don't know, a few weeks ago, I mean, literally, it's a few weeks ago, you know, everything yeah. sort of seemed quite normal. Where was the, where's the, where, where's everything been going in terms of the local economy up until this point? Were we, were, where, what kind of stage were we at? Because things, things generally in in the country have been fairly, fairly stable for a while now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just a couple of weeks ago, I was saying to someone how sort of vibrant the city's business industry is and how many businesses there are. And before I did this job, I didn't realise how many businesses that were in the city, um, and it was really sort of thriving um, with just so many new businesses popping up everywhere, um, and it just kind of flipped on its head, really, and it's just completely yeah just
1: changed so think okay so things were things were generally going okay and and in terms of um the the effect on local businesses from a from a proper local point of view how's the what's the you, you mentioned a lot of personal trainers and whatnot how's the sort of the business landscape if you like sort of shaped in portsmouth and and what were what sort of challenges are there that are we going to therefore possess
2: What well, now that the sort of lockdowns
1: come in? on. Yeah, so, so in terms of the, you know, I, I don't really know what sort of, what, obviously we've got big industries when it comes to things like you know, uh, uh, the, the Navy and things like that is a, is a big thing, fitness trainers, how's the sort of, what kind of places are likely to that, that Portsmouth are heavy and in? maybe industries that Portsmouth fare heavy in and things that we bring a lot into the economy and How, uh, how's that sort of affected?
2: Well, I just think the Spinnaker Tower's closed, um, the Dockyard's closed they're, they're the sort of things that bring a lot of money into our local economy and uh, mm-hmm. the dockyard was one of the biggest ones um according to a recent report for bringing in um bringing in money so yeah. with that not even being open then you're gonna we're, we're probably gonna find a big um chunk of money that's not going to be coming in because of that um so i definitely think tourism is is going to be one of the places that's going to sort of be
1: hit the most and yeah and we, we we've heard in the in sort of the last few days and the, uh, the last week and stuff that from the government that they've they've made statements and and actions to try and prevent businesses from having to having to lay off workers um from what you from what you've heard are businesses responding sort of responding to this are they putting faith in in the fact that they will will be okay and they don't have to lay, uh, lay off workers or uh, and are they keeping people in work
2: Yeah, so I've kind of had a bit of a mixed um, review here because some places like restaurants are really benefiting from the fact that they can operate as takeaways now without having um, to get permission for that. Um, So they're they're being able to stay open pretty much and and keep their companies in work. But then a lot of people are not getting the sort of insurance. um, They're being put in like waiting lists and this is not quick enough for them to be able to pay their staff.
1: Okay, so... uh, uh, uh... A restaurant staying open in terms of from delivery? So what are we seeing then? Just, it's, it's just takeaways, right? It's no, no sort of restaurants that you'd normally, you could go to to eat in or take away?
2: No, no. No restaurants are open to go in and dine at. Um, right, and you yeah. can get um, takeaways and uh, I'm not sure about takeaways, but you can definitely get sort of home delivery. Mm. Um, and a lot of them are being very careful, like leaving it on the doorstep and it's all online payments and stuff. So um, as far as I know, they're pretty safe. Um and a lot of restaurants and sort of pubs and stuff are, are taking that approach and just moving to to deliveries to, to be able to stay open, really.
1: Yeah, and I, I suppose they won't necessarily. Well, you wouldn't have thought they'll necessarily be able to bring in the the same amount of money that they that they would if they were open as normal and if, if things were were as normal. So the kind of scale yeah. that that'll have on work on workers further down the line and employees. Do you, do you sort of think that businesses in Portsmouth will put faith in in sort of the way that this is this is tackled by the government, and they will they will hopefully keep people in work?
2: Hopefully, I think again it will just depend on the type of business, and if you physically can stay open. Like I know that hairdressers and you know people that own their own salons, people that are self-employed, they they're just they've just been laid off. Really, they've got no work. Um, but for the businesses that have sort of found this, I don't want to say loophole, but they're able to stay open somehow um they're going to benefit the most not not as much as they would if they were open you know people people would definitely spend more money if they were coming in to dine at a restaurant than taking away um but hopefully down the line you know when when all this sort of clears up and when we're allowed to go back into restaurants and and dine in at restaurants then it will have a bit of a boom um people will Realise that they've taken for granted the fact that they can go out and have a meal with their friends and family, and hopefully we'll see a lot more people shopping local and, and eating local and um, spending money in Portsmouth.
1: Well, I certainly imagine the pubs will be busy uh, when, when things get yeah. back to normal. <laughs> I imagine they'll be they'll be rammed, and uh, it, it's, it's a good point because there, I suppose, in the short term and long term is going to be different, but in the short term. Uh, is there a chance that, that parts of the community will benefit? Obviously, supermarkets, of course, are going. You know, they're 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 sort of getting they're having to supply sort of fifty percent more than they than they normally would. Um, what parts of the community are likely to maybe benefit, either in the short run or long run? Like you said,
2: um, I definitely think that local butchers and greengrocers um, are, are definitely benefiting. The uh, just the other day, I went into a, a fruit tourism in Waterloo, and he said that he's had people through the door all day um, because often people can't find what they need in the supermarkets because of the people that are stockpiling so they're going to go shop local to find what they need um and i think that's really good and i think that's something that i hope that we see a lot more of even after people stop buying all the stuff from the supermarkets that people think actually no i am going to use my local butchers and i'm going to use my local greengrocers to buy what i need rather than spending all this
1: money in the big supermarkets and is that in a in a strange kind of way is that going to have a do you, can you see it having a transfer effect in a way that that people you know for example the local butchers they they're getting uh they're getting a lot more business than usual therefore they need to you know employ may, maybe it's not you know it's not going to be a huge number of staff but maybe they'll have mm-hmm. to employ a few more people and those people that are losing their jobs or you know not getting as much work now they will find work and there will be opportunities open up down the line
2: Yeah I mean hopefully that's what what we've got to hope for and and definitely I think that the fact that the supermarkets are busier um, and they're opening up job roles for people who have been put out of work I think that's a really great thing and I think that'll help help everyone out really in in the short term and in the long term Um, and if if that that same effect can be had on local businesses then even better.
1: And in terms of what they're going to be looking for now, so so businesses in, in and around Portsmouth, aside from aside from government help, what do you think that they're going to be sort of hoping the local community or Portsmouth City Council um, will do? How, how are they sort of going to probably hope that people will intervene and dig them out of this hole, other than us finding a cure for coronavirus overnight?
2: Uh, I think that, I mean, as I said earlier, people are going to realise that they've taken for granted just being able to go out for dinner with friends and hopefully that'll mean that once this is all over and done with that people will go out and they'll shop local and they'll you know just do the things that they might not have done as often um more often Mm -hmm. um, like just pop in and see see what's in the butchers and
1: and use some things that they're not used to seeing
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and I, I just want to touch a couple more things before before we let you go. Just on the self-employed situation, of course, we, it's been well documented in the UK that that um, that a lot of uh, people that are self-employed are very unhappy with the with the level of support they're getting from the government. From Portsmouth's point of view, uh, is th- is there anything that you can see that will that will help Portsmouth or help self-employed people in Portsmouth? Um, I don't think the
2: situation. Is necessarily any different in Portsmouth than it is throughout the rest of the country? Um, sure. From what I've heard, it's kind of difficult um, for individuals to try and find help.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and as you can imagine, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people who are all c- going to try and claim, and the phone lines are going to be really busy for you know people trying to get help.
1: um well, they are, be I've, I've been trying to call. them. <laughs> no, no no option whatsoever. It's it's it exactly, going yeah. to be chaos. Yeah. I suppose.
2: Um and even I know I spoke to a company earlier who has the sort of um specific insurance that protects them against um forced closure from a disease. Mm-hmm. Um they're they they're still struggling, um and they don't know if they are gonna be able to get that payout. So what,
1: why why is that then? is there like what what's the sort of reasoning behind the insurance company for that, do you know?
2: I just think it's an influx of calls and they just can't keep up, really. Um, as you can imagine, it's probably really busy yeah. on the other end of that phone. So,
1: yeah, I mean, you would you would not want to be an insurance company right now, that's for sure. No. Um, we're 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 ending we're we're ending coming close to the end of March now, um, sort of entering spring. How much of a Seasonal effect is this gonna is this gonna have as we approach summer? We 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 benefit here in Portsmouth a lot from sort of festivals, and I suppose we have the we have yeah, the coastal definitely. factor. Is this gonna be on business minds, or is is Portsmouth less affected than I suppose it's less affected than somewhere like you know Exeter and Devon or something?
2: Yeah, I mean just look at your typical bank holiday Sunday on Albert Road. Yeah. Um it's absolutely packed out. The pubs are probably making so much more money than they would do on a normal Sunday. The Easter weekend, people come. Come to Portsmouth from all over the place to spend the weekend down here because you know it's going to be sunny. It's by the sea. It's a nice city. And if everything's shut, we're just going to miss out on a huge, huge chunk of of that income. Sure. Sadly. All
1: right. Hope. Listen. We'll uh, we'll leave it there for now. But thanks so much for for your time and uh, and the fingers crossed that it, it starts to pick up for local businesses.
2: No worries. Take
1: care. Stay safe. Yeah, you too. Hope McKellar, the business editor at Portsmouth News. There, we're going to come straight now to Tina Jacobs, part of Victory Hants. Now, of course, uh, Victory Hants are a community involvement organisation, Tina, and they, they generally offer sort of sporting and leisure opportunities to people that are from disadvantaged backgrounds or have gone through some form of sort of uh, trauma or, or abuse in the past.
3: Absolutely. Um, Victory Hants is actually for everybody. So. Uh, We meet people at Victory Hunts who have been homeless, previously homeless, got mental health issues, uh, uh, physical and learning disabilities, or who might have sight or hearing loss issues, or might just be isolated due to uh, age, the over 50s like myself, Mm -hmm. or who may be from um, feeling socially isolated uh, due to being from the um, lesbian, gay, bi or, or transgender community. Um, We all come together, various activities. Um, People tend to think that we're a football club. We're actually not, although I should say we're affiliated to Hampshire FA. Um, We use football as one of the tools to recovery, so a therapy. Um, We also use um, the arts, for example, uh, drama therapy. And uh, we just all come together together. Throughout the week, various activities, spend time together. For some of our guys and girls, it is actually the only time that they leave the house in the week is to come and join in at Victory Hunt. So, you know, we're we're trying to aid the situation around, or previously we were trying to aid the situation around social isolation. And now we're actually, you know, heading towards lockdown, a full lockdown. Sure. So we're going to have a lot of work to do once this is all over
1: so what in terms of i suppose i mean it is it, it's, it's a you know i imagine a horribly distressing situation for for a lot of people but in terms of what sort of you can do at the moment is there any what's sort of the advice to to a lot of people like you said the people that you know only really you know when they come to see victory hands or they come to victory hands they, they, that's their only time of getting out in the day is there any ways that you're able to still communicate with them
3: Yes, yes, we're communicating. We have a closed community group page, and that is manned by volunteers. So we're able to um, engage with them there and reach out to everybody involved there. Um, for, for example, last night there was a quiz hosted, and everybody joined in with a quiz. Um, there's another competition that we've offered, uh, a keepy uh the football keepy So everybody... Um, Actually, they don't use a football for this, they use a toilet roll and uh, see how many times they can keep the toilet roll in the air with a keepy-uppy and just really trying to entertain one another.
1: And I suppose that that form of communication. How are a lot of them uh, a lot of them holding up on that? Because obviously, social media is such a such a huge platform now. But equally, you know, it doesn't. It it, not everyone can use social media for one reason or another. And obviously, you know, the 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 general sort of stereotype is that you know the the older generation aren't necessarily as as familiar with with social media and 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 the way of using it. I imagine a lot of people are having to learn very very quickly suddenly.
3: Yes, absolutely. One of our senior members actually was in that position where they weren't on the internet um, back about twelve days ago now, wow. and one of his peers from the group was able to um, set him an account up with on on uh, social media, so he was able to stay connected. So, but like you say, the older generation, you know, that's really really concerning because they don't know how to use the internet. Or they've been internet resilient. Um, so really, you know, it's those older members of our community that are really going to be struggling.
1: Difficult for you know for 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 any of us to try and comprehend, you know, the unknown and the uncertainty. And I imagine for for you know for a lot of people as well, it's it's you know even it's that bit more difficult. But tell us how this this ties okay. into the the additional needs supermarket, and tell us about what they do and the current situation that's going on there.
3: Right, okay, so it was only last Friday morning um, when I went to work and I got a telephone call from my daughter's carer um, to say that we were out of pasta. My daughter's autistic and this is one of her staple foods. She she relies heavily on pasta. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously various different combinations go with the pasta, but that's her kind of a safety net almost. When I went to Asda, I was really shocked because there wasn't any pasta left on the shelves, not a stitch, not even spaghetti or anything. And um, so I thought, okay, I'll go to another supermarket, see what I can find. Um, and, but the same thing was happening, and I thought, this is this is not good. Um, and I think really that was when kind of, my light went on and thought, we're going to have a bit of a problem here because I can't be the only one in this position with my daughter. Uh, There must be others facing this. Anyway, came home that evening. Fortunately, we had a dear friend who was able to source some pasta for us. Um, So all was well here, but I I just kept mutating with me all evening. And I thought, I can't sit here and do absolutely nothing about this. Um, So... Um, thought for probably about 48 hours of a a potential solution and that's when the birth of the additional need supermarket came up and that's only five days ago now Um, so purely to serve the the local community in similar positions to what I found ourselves in Um, so those that um, have do have specialist dietary requirements and additional healthcare needs, um, and we're helping them to access the uh, foodstuffs that they require.
1: And how's this happening from a from a sort of a practical point of view? Then is it a, is it a, a physical supermarket people can go to? Is it deliveries or
3: no, no? So how it operates is um, obviously via social media that we ask people to it, they reach out to us asking for foods. We ask them to email their request in. Um, It's dealt with on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, We uh, source the food that we haven't got in stock um, within 24 hours usually, but that's getting a bit tougher now um, from local stores um, or local uh, farmers. And then the items are then distributed literally to the doorstep for the individual who then gets a text message to say that their delivery's arrived and they want to be left. they come out and collect it's a very simple concept really um but very time consuming
1: yeah of course and 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 who's how How where, where are people going to this is this on is this a facebook group you say
3: yes yes this is a facebook group um which has been really really active over the last few days um and, and increasing momentum's growing for what we are doing, and therefore we're reaching out to you guys for a call to arms, really, to support this.
1: Okay, so f- f- first of all, uh, Tina, where, where, what's the Facebook group, because there'll be plenty of people listening that will that will that you know might well benefit from this, so where should they head to?
3: Right, so your listeners should head to the Additional Need Supermarket.
1: Okay, just search for that on Facebook and it'll come up, yep. Yeah.
3: Yes, that's right.
1: Okay, yeah. and in terms of the, the the help that you need, is this volunteers to come and to, to essentially come and buy the buy the products, deliver them? We
3: are reaching out at the moment. We're finding volunteers. We're, we're holding on nicely, but yes, we are looking for volunteers to sign up. Um, which would be lovely, uh, who are local to Portsmouth. Um, obviously, we do operate in a very safe way, so there's minimum contact with the suppliers and with the beneficiaries. Sure. Um, we're also putting a call to arms for donations. Um, we uh, Today, we've um, put our uh, details onto the Additional Needs Supermarket, how uh, your listeners might be able to donate and help with our calls. Um, but, uh, you know, really, we, we'd just like to say, please, people in Portsmouth come together. We need your help. Um, you know, and if you know anybody that needs the support, please signpost them our way and we'll do whatever we can for them.
1: And I suppose there'll be a, a lot of people will be, um, initially, will be thinking about whether or not they're Allowed, you know, with with government advice to to go out and do this. I suppose this comes under the bracket of of helping vulnerable people and, and caring for vulnerable people, and also the uh, the essential essential food that we're allowed to go this, out for.
3: This is the absolute essential food that we need. We're talking here about the most vulnerable in our community, the most at risk um, individuals. That you know, we really cannot ignore and we really you know appeal to your listeners please come forward and help us with our call to arms
1: sure all right listen so head to additional needs supermarket on facebook if you if you can help in any way um just post something up there or or if you if you know someone that could benefit from it as well um just head to additional needs supermarket search for that on facebook and it'll come up
3: Absolutely, absolutely. We're grateful for any positive messages to keep our volunteers motivated as well. Because as you can imagine, we're all very, very tired.
1: I can imagine. It's
3: really nice to know that that what service is being provided by the volunteers is appreciated out
1: there. Well listen, just know that the community does really genuinely appreciate it. And I, I speak on the half behalf of the community and and everyone around around us that we do. It's people like you that are keeping us keeping us all sane and keeping us going and lifting everyone else's spirits as well. So we we really do appreciate it and we are we are fully behind you and uh we, we will fully support you, Tina. That's
3: amazing. Thank you so much, Robbie. You're so and well thank you for Thank you for the opportunity to come onto the radio
1: as well. Well, you're more than welcome. Anything you need from us, just give us a shout. Great to speak to you and uh, keep up the good work and and we're sending you all our love. From a safe distance, of course.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Tina, nice to speak Um, to you. Thanks for your time this evening. No
0: problem. 93.7 Express FM.
1: Now, Naomi House and Jack's Place are hospices for seriously ill children, young adults from across the South, including Pompey and wider Hampshire. They care for some of the most medically complex children and young adults in the world they offer vital respite end-of-life care and bereavement support and we've got keith wilson on the line now from naomi house and jack's place and we're going to talk about spring into action keith because this is a great way to for us to stay active and also hopefully spread some money and uh and some awareness for naomi house and jack's place
4: yeah absolutely so uh we we were uh really keen when um Uh, when the world around us started changing as it did to create a a series of events that people could take part in uh, uh, in their own communities or uh, while maintaining social distancing or in their own homes and uh, spring into action was one of them and we've had some um, brilliant help from some brilliant people uh, no um, uh, none more so than your your, your good self um, uh, recording some videos for us on spring Into Action. and what we're encouraging people to do is uh, throughout Uh, throughout the month, take on a physical challenge that they can do um, in the home or uh, uh, on your your one allocated uh, exercise period of the day and see if it can be uh, turned into quite a challenge for you and raise money for Naomi House and Jack's Place while doing so.
1: And and I suppose this is uh, you know th- thankfully because <laughs> yeah, I know this came out last week and you sort of launched it on Friday before the lockdown but this is something that you can do still with the lockdown and still I mean the, you know you can do stuff in your house if you're lucky enough to have a garden you can do stuff in your garden so you, you need to you need to get yourself an exercise right, get yourself a goal and then and then share it online and I, I suppose by doing that we're getting we're hopefully going to raise some awareness for, for Naomi House and Jack's Place as well and and people will hopefully wake up a little bit to the fact that, that places like Naomi House and Jack's Place need help more than more than ever right now so that they can help the, the rest of the world and help the NHS etc
4: Absolutely yeah and you know we're, we're really struggling with fundraising at the moment it's no surprise that our events and uh, community and corporate fundraising has, has basically ceased to exist for the time being at least mm-hmm. um, and here's a way people can support us but, but more than that we just wanted to give something back to those incredible supporters we've got across the south Um, something positive they can do, a great way of raising awareness of Naomi House and and just something fun that they can do with the family. Um, In doing so, we're trying to provide them with a series of of videos and and bits of inspiration of uh, activities and exercises that they can do. Uh, Some of our nurses have even provided some uh, exercise sessions some Naomi House families uh, and uh, uh, some of the guys who help us out at events with warm-up exercises and stuff like that. There's loads on there. And uh, I, I've been doing a few of them myself with the kids, and it's, it's gone down really well.
1: So, talk to us. So, what do we do? So, we 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 get our exercise, whatever that might be. It might be on, on the We Fit or doing some keepy uppies in the back garden or whatever. And then we, if we can, take some videos of it or, so, or some photos, and then we pop them online, and and we and we tag you and and add sort of donate buttons and things like that.
4: That's it. Absolutely perfect. And, you know, we would just love to see videos and photos of people having fun in their own home with some of the exercises and uh, and activities that we've shared. That would really, really lift our spirits here at the hospices. Um, but I, yeah. broke,
1: I broke a plant pot for you, Keith. You did. You did. <laughs>
4: we will replace that one day. We will, <laughs> I promise.
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm, to be honest, I think... Um, I think it was always going to happen. It happens, happens on quite a regular occurrence, <laughs> to be honest. Um, right, so is that Naomi and Jack on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, isn't it? Um, right. And I suppose the hashtag spring into action and the donate button to, and, and the link to, to if people do want to donate, if they can give some money at the moment.
4: Uh, NaomiHouse.org.uk forward slash donate. If you can make a small donation, great. If you can make a small regular donation, that's even better. It helps us plan for our future, and, and goodness knows we need a really bright future to help even more children. Uh, once we're past this uh, particular episode we find ourselves in.
1: Well, I, I certainly hope things hope things pick up for you, and I, I, I urge people, even if you even if you can't necessarily give give money, just spreading the awareness is um, is equally important, because then someone who maybe can spare a couple of quid uh, might see it as well. So, listen, Keith, I really hope things pick up, and hopefully we can get back to normality soon, so that things like your fundraising can can take off again. And uh, and as always, keep up the amazing work that you're all doing at Naomi House and Jack's Place. We we as a community really appreciate it, and uh, take your care of yourselves
4: thank you so much and thanks to all of your amazing listeners who've done so much for us over the years we really appreciate
1: every single one of you keith thanks very much great to speak to you have a good evening and you bye Keith Wilson from Naomi House and Jack's Place. It's 6:52 now. Leading on, leading on from spring into action, I want to talk about local sport and the effect that it's happening on both sports men and women, and also uh, those of us that that work in sport across the local community. And to talk about that, Henry Deacon from Over the White Line, of course, grassroots football show and also a local uh, local sport expert as well. Henry, good evening to you. A very
5: good evening, Robbie.
1: How are you? I'm very well, although I am I I am flagging with the uh, with missing sport right now. I am I'm, the weekend felt strange. Um, bring us up to date, if you will. With we'll we'll go on to football sort of specifically in a second, but just give us an overview of of where where we're sitting sports wise in the local community.
5: So it's probably easy to tell you what is happening as to <laughs> what we kind of know is happening. So uh, from so from Gosports League down, which is the Southern League Premier downwards, some step three, step four. So Gosports League, and this Sports is football League. to be clear, yeah. This is football, cool. just to be clear, yeah. Um, their their leagues have finished. Um, they are working out a system as to how, whether the season will become null and void altogether, whether they promote or relegate on points per game. The same system has been uh, put in place in the Wessex League, which involves a lot of local clubs in the Wessex League First Division uh, and below that. The bone of contention is as far as having some more to concerned concerned in the National League South. Conf- conflicting reports really today as to what's happening with that, that league, the Daily Star reported that the league, will become null and void. Uh, they'll promote and relegate a few, and there's bones the and contention of how that would work. Uh, Paul Doswell's been on to um, the BBC this evening saying that the league would resume. So really, as far as the National League uh, South and hamilton walter are concerned, there's not, not really much of a clue as to what's happening next, and, and the clubs don't really know what's happening next, to be perfectly honest.
1: And what, from what you know, what do they want to happen next? What do they, what what people sort of, hope, of, of course, we all want sports to happen as soon as possible, but from a sort of a, a you know, a financial point of view and and uh, also an insane point of view, what do they want to happen?
5: I think different clubs have, have different opinions. And I was reading something. from Bournemouth, who operate the National League. They've got players who are only on contract till April. There's only six players who are on contract after April the 30th. And so it's, It's a struggle for them because they'll have contractual issues and things like that. I think the prerogative will always be of a sports club to play and to try and finish. It's just whether there's practicalities as to whether they can finish it really now, especially, you know, considering that there is contracts on on offer and on hold.
1: And in terms of um, sort of, I want to come on to other sports as as well and what you know from other sports, but in terms of economic impacts for for Portsmouth i i, I don't want to get onto necessarily salaries of, of things like players and whatnot and certainly in the professional game because it's um, you know it's it's there's it, 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 something that can take care of itself in 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 some kind of way in the nicest possible way but in terms of what this is doing for for people that you know do get a little bit of income and and maybe the lower earners at these clubs and um, and whatnot how What's the kind of, what? how are the clubs responding and how are the clubs treating their staff from what you know?
5: It's really difficult because um, I think I think everyone's trying to be flexible with the situation. But i was speaking to Trevor Brock, who's the secretary over at Haven And, uh, you know, as much as they're trying to to make sure everything runs as normal, there's, you know, they've still got to pay the same bills with money, which would, in most circumstances be coming in through match day revenue and other things but because obviously as well the public house has had to shut due to obvious reasons there's there's the same bills that got to be paid and there's no income which unfortunately for some meant that some of the non playing staff have temporarily been asked to remain uh, be made redundant then will come back onto the uh, come back onto the club's role um, once once the situation's improved. I think I think it's a problem that every local club um, across the spectrum's finding is that there's still bills to be paid, but there's no there's no income to to put the bills in place, and what happens next really is anyone's guess.
1: And I suppose, uh, you know, touching on on football, I suppose that that does relate to all sports because it's you know we're, we're a couple of months away from the end of what would be the normal football season, but mm-hmm. we are equally a month away from from the cricket season, from a lot of other sports and a lot of other leisure places, a lot of places in Portsmouth that that are normally used for leisure activities, and they're going to be they're going to be affected as well, maybe even more gonna so because it's, yeah, it's going to cover more of their season.
5: Exactly what I was going to say. Probably affected more. So you think about local tennis courts. Uh, cricket fields and things like that. This is around March, April, times, really when they first get their start, their influx for the year, and they need it probably more. Well, they, they definitely need it more than a lot of people because you know they've got people whose jobs depend on it, um, and they, they don't have many more income streams than that. And it's going to be very difficult because obviously the next the next twelve weeks are completely out of bounds. And let's be honest, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen beyond that. So it's going to be a tough summer for tennis cricket and people involved in those industries
1: that's i suppose the only thing i can really say and, and say for certainty i suppose uh, uh, ju- ju- just final final one very very quickly uh, what are we uh, we know there's not going to be sport for a little while but what, what what should we look out for in the coming days and coming weeks that might give us not necessarily hope but just n- we'll understand where sport stands at the moment
5: i wish i'd like to tell you but i really <laughs> really don't know um I think they'll probably be announced on the National League for having the next couple of days. Obviously, the, the teams below that for confirmation. And I know as far as Pompey's concerned, the EFL in the UEFA meeting today um, as far as what happens there. I think it'll be a bit clearer next week. But again, it's been ever so changing. And, and to be honest, I don't think many people truly know what the next step's going to be.
1: A big thank you to all of my guests this evening: to Henry Deacon from Over the White Line, also to Keith Wilson from Naomi House and Jack's Place, to Tina Jacobs from Victory Hants and also Hope McKellar, who we spoke to earlier regarding business, the business editor at Portsmouth News. And then our first guest was Councillor Gerald Vernon Jackson of Portsmouth City Council. Thanks for downloading this podcast. ExpressFM.com is the place to go for the latest, and we'll have another episode of the show next Wednesday at six o'clock.